0: Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover
2: of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. You know, I have to giggle a little bit because every time we do a show, each one is... Markedly different from the rest, and I have to giggle because uh, we're covering stuff that other people probably won't cover, at least in this way. And this show, actually, these two hours, two separate guest uh, topics, we're going to deal with both of them. But the first hour, I have friend Ron Giovanetti with me and his pastoral friend John Purcell. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Doing
3: great. Doing great. Thank you. Thank-
2: well, you're absolutely welcome, and you're, you uh, it tantalized me by saying, let's, we want to talk about dominion," and really, basically, that was what you said. And and uh, I, I, you know, my mind goes in a lot of different places with the term dominion. It it goes to like I was studying Daniel chapter seven, and everything is God's dominion, God's dominion, God's dominion, and then you, we know that the enemy has a strategy to take away God's kids. With dominion machines, and then we also know that uh, God's dominion is going to be uh, from now into forevermore. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say on this. But Ron, you and I have worked together in the past. You're a worship leader extraordinaire with Awaken the Dawn.
4: Yes, yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Kev. I've been involved uh, for a few years with Awaken the Dawn. I'm so glad to be connected with that organization and. And uh, all of the worshipers, they're, they're lovers of God, they're lovers of people, and for me, uh, it couldn't be in a better place.
2: I agree with you wholeheartedly. And uh, John Purcell, uh, Ron said, i got to have Pastor John on with me because he has some insights as uh, you you being his protege, and, and uh, we're excited to have him give some insights as well. Um, John Purcell, you're a, a minister, a a pastor, and you really have a heart cry for God's Word in the present day and in the future day uh, and everything all together. So what stirred you on the topic of dominion, Pastor John?
3: Well, I, I think probably what—by uh, the way, thank you for having me on today. It's a, it's a great blessing and privilege to be here. I think the thing that uh, stirs my heart about this subject is that uh, so many Christians seem to not understand uh anything about dominion, and by no means do I understand it all, but uh, they allow the enemy to kind of run over the top of them, and uh, they uh, don't understand, you know, it seems as though that, uh, and I didn't understand it for many years, is that you have to exercise dominion. Now, of course, the dominion is the kingdom of God within us, and the king, Jesus, has the dominion, But you and I are, there are times when we need to dominate a situation with the word of God, with our prayers, and with, uh, you know, speaking directly into something, allowing God to speak to us and to speak through us uh, as well to uh, bring things into line. You know, one of my favorite uh, sayings is there's a time to pray and there's a time to say. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there's no New Testament Scripture that tells us to pray and ask God to do anything about the devil. Right, Contrary to that fact, Jesus, uh, when he rose from the dead, he said, All right and might have been given unto me in heaven and earth. Therefore, here I'm transferring that to you in my name. And you go, and the first thing he told them to do after they proclaimed the gospel was to cast out the devil, or yes. to exercise dominion and authority over. Ooh.
2: And we're going to learn how that, uh, what that looks like. And you guys are going to give me, us, my listening friend, us, some insights on the word dominion from a godly standpoint. Guys, I'm going to be handing the baton to Ron Giovanetti, and he can. Um, I, I'm going to get, we'll step back and let you guys carry this, this first hour. But I, I, you stirred me to dig in to the word dominion, and I found myself in the book of Daniel chapter 7. I mean, the word dominion is men, is not mentioned but proclaimed many times in that scripture. So you stirred me up. Now I was looking forward to this show as a result of that. So Ron Giovanetti, I'm going to hand it to you. And Pastor John, take it away. I'll be giving you time cues when we get close to the, 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 the breaks for commercial breaks. Is that okay?
4: Sure. Yes, great. Oh,
2: okay, gentlemen, in three, two, one, take it. <laughs>
4: okay, thank, thank you. <laughs> this, uh, and I, too, I thank you so much. This is a, a privilege for me also to that you would uh, ask us to speak, and, and uh, uh, I was stirred by the word Dominion. I was actually listening to uh, Tim Sheets on YouTube. Yes. And... Uh, He started speaking the word dominion, and as he spoke the word dominion, my spiritual thoughts went to the dominion machine that was used uh, to uh, what I call steal an election.
2: Yes, yes, yes.
4: And so the Lord began to speak to me about um, how, you know, the copycat, the thief, (laughs) the liar, right? Yes. He used it. He loves to blaspheme theme, uh, the Lord and everything that the Lord does. And so he used that word dominion um, for a machine to, to do his thievery and his stealing. And so, um, you know, inside I get a little fired up when those types of things are revealed to me. You know, it makes me kind of want to do some spiritual battle. So, exactly. Pastor. So I. I began to seek the word out and seek the Lord about it. And um, if you don't mind, let's just take a look at what the word actually means, even from the dictionary's point of view, because there's some there's some real truth even from the dictionary.
2: So, Ron and uh, Pastor John, you have free course. We've got about four minutes left in this segment.
4: Okay. Um, and, and Dominion from the dictionary says the power of right of governing and controlling with sovereign authority, our God-given authority. The authority was given to Adam in the garden. If you look at Genesis 1-26, uh, God gave Adam complete authority over the earth. And so we know that, that because of the fall, that power and that authority that Adam and Eve both had was lost. And so, if we also understand and believe that it was the Lord Jesus Christ who defeated those curses and brought back that authority, Pastor John was talking about it earlier about how Jesus said, "Okay, I want it back for you. Now it's time for you to take it and be my disciples yes. and go do what I called you to do." Yes. And so, within that rule and within that authority that we're given to dominate the earth and the airways, it we're like Pastor had mentioned. We're not supposed to sit back and and you know, continue to believe that God's in control and he's going to do this whole thing. Because I have a question in that thought process, how's God doing? <laughs> and so it, it, it looks like uh, either he needs some help or he's not doing his job. And I'm not blaspheming when I say that, but just in that thought process. Yes. So obviously there's something, there's a key link here that's missing within the people of God. And, the, you know, the the deceiver, the liar, the trickster has brought in and brought doctrines of demons and men into the teaching to the church and watered it down to where many people that um, I even experienced and talk to, they they have that same attitude. Well, there's nothing we can do. God's in control. And so my, my whole idea behind this is I hope that this message is going to reach some people and they're going to be awakened by this. They're going to get a new understanding and a new revelation that we have to take the responsibility for this land. We have to take the responsibility for the people on this land because yes. it's real apparent, and I think it's apparent to most believers, that there's been too much darkness. The enemy has been given too much ground and too much airways to even begin to infiltrate in the United States and, of course, all the nations around the world. And exactly so right. it's time to take responsibility. We need to step up to the plate and start taking back some things that belong to God and belong to us.
2: Yes, yes. Ron, uh, Ron, Giovanetti, you're a worship leader, so you know some of the tools that God uses are worship. Uh, and, you know, we track King David and, uh, and even Moses and things like that, where, where worship and praise led the way for victory. And so, yeah. you're, Ron, you're in a, in a wonderful position to, to actually embrace this dominion mentality on several fronts Not the least of them is your worship and praise. So we've got about uh, two minutes left in this segment. Why don't you guys set us up for the next segment and do your close. I'll I'll give you, I'll give you like a, a a one minute and 30 second time cue here to get out of this segment. Go ahead.
4: Take it, Pastor.
3: Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You know uh, what Ron mentioned, uh, Genesis chapter one, where You know, the first thing God said about man, in verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion. The first thing he said is, I'm going to create them in my image, and they're going to function with the same spiritual laws, basically, is what he was saying, that I function with, and I'm going to let them have dominion. They're going to be an extension of my overall dominion. You know, Psalm 145 Verse thirteen says that God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and His dominion endures throughout all generations.
2: I love it. We've got about so, one
3: minute,
2: um, John. We oh, okay. and uh, Ron, we've got about one minute. So, Ron, why don't you set up where we're going to go in the next segment, and then I will okay. close the segment just briefly. Where are we going in the next segment, Ron Giovanetti?
4: Well, I want to stay with the with the Dominion and um, speak about through the Psalms and, uh, and Ecclesiastes about uh, why we need to use Dominion, why we need to understand it, believe it, and receive it, and begin to walk in it.
2: Oh, thank you. My listening friend, I hope you're enticed, because, you know, we sometimes we sit around and say, God, you do it, God, you do it, and God's saying, Church, <laughs> you do it. We're going to talk about what that means and what Dominion means to you in the yesterday, today, and forever when... Ron Giovanetti and Pastor John Purcell and Kaz come right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now more of Come Together San Diego, the new live
2: local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, welcome back, my friends. We're talking about a gigantic topic. In fact, I think it's probably, if not the most important biblical topic. It is one of them because it has to do with functioning now and as we enter into the kingdom age and even beyond that. And it's a word called dominion. From the very early on in Scripture, God has given us dominion. And we have been... um, We've been... um, Slacking is probably not even a good word, but slacking in taking dominion because the enemy is taking the dominion from us. And we go, oh, that wouldn't happen. Are you kidding me that morning? Are you kidding me, my friend? We're in a time right now where we need to understand God's dominion, and we need to apply it in every way that we can. That's why I have two guests on this first hour, Ron Giovanetti, He's a worship leader and a um a lover of the word, and his pastor and friend, John uh, Purcell. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hi, Kaz. Let me take one piece of business here, and then I'm going to hand it over to you guys. You know, my listening friend, um, I have just now been given an opportunity to have a way for you to communicate with me on a special website and a special email. Here's how you get to me on an email. This is going to be so hard. It's called Come Together San Diego. That was tough, wasn't it? Come Together San Diego at kprz.com, and that'll get you to me, and you can say, love the shows, here's what I would do differently, or uh, here's an idea that I have for the show. I want to hear from you guys. Come Together San Diego at kprz.com. That will get to M-E-Me. So, here we have two men of God that are talking about the truth uh, of dominion and the enemy's false dominion, Ron Giovanni. Vanetti and Pastor John Purcell, handing the baton to you, Ron. Ooh, and uh, I'll give you cues as we get closer to the break here.
4: Goes fast, doesn't it? Great. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Thank you, Cass. And so uh, uh, the scripture I'd mentioned was, uh, before we went to break, was Psalms 115, 16. And it says, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord but the earth he has given to the children of men. And so when I read that scripture, I went, yes, absolutely. He's given us this earth, but not just to live here and, and do whatever we decide we think is right, but we're here to keep keep control, to, to you know, make it like the Garden of Eden that it once was. Wow. And so that restoration takes a lot of work. And I, I know there's a balance line between, you know, love and hate. In war and peace, but even Ecclesiastes talks about that. There's a time turn for all everything, of these things. Turn, so, turn, turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if we stay on the Christian cruise ship, as I like to call it, in our life, um, it's got to turn into a battleship sooner or later. Ooh. Unfortunately, that's you know, that's the way the enemy is. The enemy doesn't give up. He's going to continue to do everything he can do to steal every promise and every inheritance that God has promised us and to give to us. And so I want to say this as a disclaimer that that uh, Pastor John and I both, and I'm sure you do too, Kaz, and many others, we love the body of Christ. Yes. And so yes. when I see the body Christ weakened. When I see the body of Christ sickly, when I see the body of Christ with lacking any kind of faith or belief in in the power and the authority that God so preciously paid the price yes, for us yes, to yes. have, you know, I, I just it, it just it fires me up to want to help, and I want to see the body of Christ healthy. I want to see the body of Christ as the army of the Lord on the earth. And making it a place where it's livable and a place where we can all live and live in peace. Wow. And so dominion is such a big word. Gigantic. But I think a lot, and I know that I did years ago, I read over it. Oh, dominion. Okay, dominion, fine. And I never really thought about it you know, deeply or intently what it actually meant until that day when, when uh, the Lord began to speak to me about it. And I did the same as you and did some researching, and I found out that, you know, it's the power and the authority that the Lord Jesus Christ passed on to go cast out devils and lay hands on the sick and so they'll recover and, you know, bring people into the kingdom.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Mark 16. We love that. So I'll tell you, yeah. I, I I will. I agree with you guys on this, but we have been... Uh, slacking, slack, slacking. We presume that everything that happens in the world, you know, is a God thing, and that's not true. Satan knows the written scripture as well, and I would say even better than our Bible expositors do. And so he knows how to make it seem like it's a godly thing, but if you, you know, you you do the math on it, you realize his ulterior motive is to take away rather than to embrace God. Wow. Wow. So,
5: Ron-
3: well, the enemy, he- yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The devil knows that, uh, that uh, we have that authority and that dominion over him through Christ. And so, you know, people uh, give the devil way too much credit. <laughs> uh, they say, oh, he's the God of this world. Well, he is. He's the God of the cosmos. But he rules through darkness and deception. He doesn't have authority to force any human being to do anything, but he'll talk them into it. I call it talking them into spiritual suicide he's able Ooh, to Say that again what a phrase him. talking them into talking them into spiritual suicide wow. he, he likes to through darkness deception and oppression all the things he does to bring a person into a place where they themselves see themselves as subject to him and then we get these uh, traditional phrases like god's in control of everything well god is god and he is uh, omnipresent he's he's omniscient he's all of those things and he, you don't tell God what to say or what to do, but once he says it and once it's established, like Ron was quoting the scripture there, about uh, the earth being given to the children of men, which that's all started in Genesis 1, he expects us, he's the owner of the earth, but we're the managers of the yes. earth, and he expects us to uh, use the authority and the dominion that he's given us to exercise dominion over the devil. You know, wow. I like to say this, the devil wasn't given one inch of ground. He's the prince and the power of the air. The only way he can rule the earth or the stuff that's happening on the earth is if he can talk people into doing it for him. Oh my! And so this is all smoke and mirrors by the enemy. You know, in my life, uh, I have a family. I have a, a church that God's called me to pastor. I live in a city. These things are the ground and the places that God has given to me And he expects me to use the authority of the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, to use the office of pastor and the things he's given me to exercise dominion over the enemy when he tries to infiltrate those areas. My, my, my. Instead of just saying, well, the Lord, whatever, no, no. You stand up, you tell the devil, shut your mouth and take your hands off of God's property. <laughs> oh, I love it. And you run him off. There you in go. In Jesus' name.
2: In Jesus' name. Pastor, why don't you give away that people can find out more about you, if you have a website or if you have a place that people can go to find out more. And guess what, Ron Giovanetti? I'm going to do the same thing for you. So, Pastor John Purcell, how do we get a hold of you well, we and pastor, your
3: stuff? We pastor, we pastor a church called the Believer's Church of Madeira. Ooh, Madeira. And, uh... Yeah, Madera, California, we're just north of Fresno up here. And we have a, a Facebook page. People can contact us uh through that and uh and you know, our information and everything's there. We even have some of our messages uh you know there as well. Yes. But uh they can uh contact us that way would be the
2: best way. Yes, yes, yes. And and Ron uh, Giovanetti, ta-da! Yes. How do we get get a hold of you? Some of the stuff that you're getting, people are going to find out about you are your worship-related things. And my friend, you need to listen to this guy. He is a worshipper, a serious worshipper. Let me just say that he's a, he's a worship warrior, and he 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 understands and embraces. Embraces the Tabernacle of David mentality. Uh, In fact, I I love the Awaken the Dawn. They're embracing that big time. And, and, you know, that's always been my heart cry. So how do we get a hold of Ron Giovanetti?
4: Kaz, you can also find me on Facebook. uh, And and it's just my name, Ron. And the last name is spelled G-I-O-V-A-N-E-T-T-I. Um, I also have an email, uh, atdmadera um, at gmail.com. Yes. And, um, uh, that's probably the best two ways to get, get a hold of me. Very good. Um, and, I, and I would love to fellowship with whoever wants to I get love a hold of me.
2: You're available. And that tells me a lot about both of you. We've got about two minutes left in this segment. It goes fast. I'm telling you, it goes fast. So, uh, Ron, would you like to set the stage for the next segment? We've got two segments left, and then I'll have you and Pastor John Purcell uh, give us some insights in the last two segments. And the last segment, will probably bring this to a close and a summary, uh, some kind of call to action. So, Ron, where are we going? We got you got about a minute uh, in this segment.
4: Uh, well, Kaz, you've inspired me to talk about worship because you've mentioned it a couple of times. <laughs> Yeah, I, I appreciate accolades. Believe me, uh, but I, I really want to delve into that somewhat because I I think that uh, worship has just as much a part to play as praying or declaring and decreeing or words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I think all all of it together as a whole. Is a is a, a machine for the Lord that the Lord can use to destroy darkness. And so, when the body is healthy and all the parts are working together in unison in unity, uh, we're going to get some things done. We're going to cause damage to that, the kingdom the bad of guys darkness. Kingdom.
2: Absolutely, my listening friend, Ron has set the stage for the next segment. He's going to incorporate the power of praise, the power of worship, the power of uh, what do you want to say, a Davidic. Heart cry, and you know King David was a worshiper's worshiper, and he made created hundreds of instruments. Uh, He and he was he was the guy who uh, would praise the Lord, and the power of the Lord would come upon him. And some of the other uh, leaders and kings as well. You know, it's a powerhouse for us to be able to, to 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 stand our ground with worship and praise. Ron G- Giovinetti and uh, Pastor John Purcell and I will talk about those things and more when we come right back.
0: More Come Together San Diego
2: with Kaz Taylor is next on K Praise. Come Together San Diego's Kaz Taylor here, introducing my brand new book entitled One Church for a One World. But beware. There's a world of difference between having one church for a one O-N-E world versus having one church for a W-O-N world. The first suggests a collective church comprised of all religions supporting a one-world government, but my book equips you to be part of the one church spoken of in Scripture with many tribes, kindreds, and tongues, but with a singular and devout faith in the true Messiah, the Lord Yeshua Jesus himself. This oneness will result in evangelism, repentance, and salvation worldwide. The earth has entered into a turbulent time. But as you read One Church for a One World, be prepared to transform from a spectator to an anointed and empowered warrior for God. Go to Amazon.com and find One Church for a One WON World by Kaz Taylor.
1: Have you noticed how towels don't seem to dry you anymore? Oh, they feel soft and lotion in the stores, but when you get them home, they absorb like a brick. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that around 2006, towels changed forever. You see, they started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good, but they don't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft, and yes, they actually dry you. They work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. And here's the deal. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths made with USA cotton, soft, and, yes, absorbent. Regularly $109.99. Now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter the promo code San Diego. Call 800-310-2458 for these great Radio specials Hello I'm Jose Hernandez and I have been using a wheelchair since my accident in 1995.
3: My name is Andrea Dalzell and I've been using a wheelchair since I was five years old.
1: I guess if I had one message for the general public it would be that I appreciate your help but please ask first.
2: Yeah a lot
4: of people don't realize that I've actually got everything under control.
1: I think people get nervous they don't know how to act so they pretend I'm not there.
3: What probably bothers me the most is when waiters talk to my companion and not directly to me.
1: I think everyone with a disability can relate to that parking spot problem.
3: We know you're just parking in that disabled spot
2: for a second, but please, don't. We're, We're just, just looking, looking for the, the same, same respect, respect and
0: consideration as everyone else. United Spinal Association is dedicated to enhancing the quality of life of people living with spinal cord injuries and disorders. Download our Disability Etiquette Booklet at unitedspinal.org.
3: When Brad Stoner started his painting company 36 years ago, he focused on hard work and happy customers. And that's still their goal today. Brad Stoner uses only the best paint brands, and their employees are professional painters. They stand by every job and never cut corners. Finishing your job on time and within budget is one reason they have over 700 five-star reviews. If you need work at your home or business, Brad Stoner can handle any size project. You'll be
0: glad when you go away.
2: Hello, San Diego. This is Thad Lawrence Condon, the TLC in TLC Plumbing. We are a Christian-based company serving the San Diego area. We offer our customers the red carpet treatment with courteous service, competitive pricing, and superior workmanship. Our staff personifies our motto, Expert Plumbing by People Who Really Care, and shares our core values
1: of integrity, quality, and fairness. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Google TLC Plumbing San Diego or
2: call us at 619 667
1: 619 zero two three four
4: this is frank harper pastor in north county we need more of god this time than we've ever needed him before we thank you father in jesus name
0: come together san diego with kaz taylor
2: on cape Rays. oh boy oh boy oh boy oh boy oh boy oh boy i mean this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart and i i think that probably Ron Giovanetti is giggling a little bit there because I know how dear it is to his heart as well. But let me ask you both a question. I'm going to hand the baton off to you to start things off, Ron, but because we're going to talk about worship and not just, you know, just singing a few songs here and there, but actually singing uh, worship with an ulterior motive is to take down the power of the enemy, take down the giants in the land, take down the enemy's influence as fake prince of the power of the air coming coming down soon and this broadcast is broadcasting in the airwaves i'm sure this is upsetting him no doubt we love upsetting him because uh, god's kids uh were taking the kingdom back from the air the earth and heaven as well so ron i'm going to hand the baton to you and would you let me just ask you both a question then you can jump from there would you say you know the the scripture talks about it in proverbs 3 trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your Own understanding, but all your ways acknowledge Him. Would you say that sometimes we disregard the uh, trusting in the Lord with all our heart, and we are basically kicking the can down the road? We don't want to have to do. We don't have to want to have to deal with things that you're seeing in the news. (laughs) We don't want to have to deal with it. We don't want to have to deal with the medical things and the pharma things and uh, the educational things and the governmental things. We don't want to have to deal with that. But would you say that we are in a time like none other and now is the time. if We can't kick the can down the road. And I know that you you believe with me, Ron, that worship and praise uh, carries much of that weight. So I'm going to hand the baton to you, gentlemen, and uh, I will let you know when we run out of time on this segment. we got one segment left after this one. Ladies and gentlemen. All right. Ron Giovanetti and Pastor John Purcell.
4: Yes, yeah, thank you, uh, thank you so much, Kaz. And uh, worship is uh, is much more valuable and it's much more important to a Christian's life than I think it's, uh, that it's ever even taught about. Um, my the worship expressions in my life have changed through a series of places and times in my life. And, and uh, it's, it's never completely the same for me. Every time I worship, it's not always completely the same. It's, it's the Holy Spirit will lead us into different places um, to do different things at different times. And so uh worship really the understanding that I received in worship it was when I began to attend about six six and a half years ago uh the believers church with Pastor John the Lord began to work in my life and change everything that I knew and thought that i understood <laughs> yeah. and so the, so the the first thing that I believe that every believer needs to understand is is that we don't have all the answers. We don't need to always try to fix it. We need to just hear from the Lord and obey what he says to do.
2: Obey what he says to do. What a novel thought. Yeah,
4: yeah. And uh, but you know it's real easy to get out of that mode and that understanding, especially if you're watching the news all the time and you're you're paying attention to all the destruction that's going on in the world, it's it's really easy to fall into that trap of hopelessness and uh, there's nothing we can do. Oh, it's the end times. Jesus coming back next week, you know, so on and so forth. <laughs> but the, <laughs> what changed for me was was I began to understand that the Lord was going to use me to do warfare with my worship. Ooh. And mm-hmm. and so when I worship, you know that that scripture love the lord as your god with all your whole heart soul mind and strength, you know love your neighbors yes. yourself, it began to come alive in me the love I had for the lord and the love I had for people and the compassion to understand that, you know, that we need to do some warfare here. Many years ago, when I first started uh, when I read that scripture that King Saul would call David in and when David would play the evil yes, spirits yes, would yes, leave. Yes. And, and I remember <clears> telling <throat> the Lord, I want if I'm gonna worship, I want that. And so I didn't hardly know anything back then. I probably only have half an idea of it now, but <laughs> I have enough <laughs> I have enough to understand that when I worship the Lord wants me to go to guns.
2: Oh yeah. And it's Ooh. Not
4: all the time. I love it. Sometimes I you know, go the lovey-dovey, and you know, I love you, Jesus, and worship you and all that. But even when I do that, at times I hear a beat inside of me that the Lord wants to get something done in the spiritual realm. There's yeah. something that needs to be bound or rebuked, or there's something that needs to be destroyed because of our worship.
2: You know, I have a sense that uh, Pastor John Purcell is wiggling in his chair because he he embraces yeah, yeah. that as well, but he's seeing it from a pastoral standpoint. So I'm getting, I think, handing the baton to you, Pastor John.
3: Just to pick off of what Ron was saying, you know, in Psalm 22, at uh, verse 3, it's really a Messianic psalm where Jesus is facing the cross and going through the cross. And verse 3, he says, but you, speaking of God, you are holy. O you that inhabit us is the old King James word here. Thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Now, that word inhabitus when you look it up, it actually means to come and to sit down in. You know, God is the king. He is the ultimate authority and dominion. And when we worship, just like David, when he began to play, he had an anointing upon him to be king. We have an anointing on us to be a king, too. The Bible says that we're kings and priests unto our God, John Spoke that out uh, in the uh, in Revelation, talking about the present day New Testament Church, yes. and then Jesus operates under the uh, pr- uh, priesthood of Melchizedek, which yes. is a king and a priest. Who teaches that and these so days? King- Everybody should. <laughs> yeah, and there's a kingly element to all of this. But here in that verse three, it says that when we uh, praise and we worship God, He comes down and He He be- takes over the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere. He comes and sits down and and is enthroned in the atmosphere. And that's why the atmosphere around King Saul would change and demons would run. And that's why when we worship God, uh, you know, and focus on him, he comes down and takes over the atmosphere and changes things in the spirit realm uh, to line up with his word and his will in the situation.
2: Yes, yes, yes. So we have about uh, three minutes left in this segment. So, Ron, as my co-host here, I'm letting you have... Free say on how how we deal with this. You've got about three minutes here, Ron. I'll give you a time code on uh, as this we get close to the commercial break. Ron Giovanetti. I know as a worship leader, sometimes you have to throw away the mentality of just putting a song list together, and you have to just hear what Holy Spirit says. And they may be songs that uh, you haven't sung in a while, or actually, it may be a song that you've never sung. <laughs> Ron, that's yeah. right. Oh, you got man. about a minute.
4: Okay. Well, and that's the, and I'm glad you said that because that's one of the major changes that the Lord started to lead me in was I wasn't using any sheet music anymore. I would just play, Amen. and I would worship prophetically what comes out of my heart, what the Holy Spirit feeds to me. And so Amen. we have this Tuesday morning prayer time where uh, Pastor John allowed me to go ahead and play and pray. I call it uh, pray playing. And so I can pray and I can play and I can sing and decree and declare and just like I would if I was just holding hands with somebody else. But I get to add the I get to add the instrumental into it where the effects of it can be very powerful. It can trigger things and it can ignite things in other people. And um, so it becomes very prophetic and very powerful.
2: Yes, yes, yes. So, John, any any. Closing thoughts in this segment. We've actually got a minute and a half left on this, so a quick closing well, thought in this segment, uh, Pastor John. and yeah, you, mentioned,
3: uh, you mentioned David and the Tabernacle of David. If you study that out, of course, I'm sure you have. But David uh, ruled for 40 years, and if you study David's life, I mean, he had some moral failures. He had some stumbles and, and problems personally, but he never lost wars. He never lost battle because he had a 24-hour-a-day a a group of people that weren't just singing songs. They weren't just, you know, doing something religiously. They were anointed and empowered and chosen to worship God. And so there was 24-hour worship going up out of Jerusalem into the heavens. God was able to come down and enthrone himself in Jerusalem. And so when the enemies would try to come in, there was no room for them. The atmosphere of heaven filled that place. And uh, David was victorious over his enemies. Yes, yes. And so uh, worship, you know, when you're really you're you're singing to the Lord instead of you know when I, the church I grew up in we used to have what we called song service, and we would sing these hymns and these songs, but we would just kind of sing them to each other. Yes. But when we made that adjustment to sing to the Lord and minister Ooh, to him, that's right. He responds and he comes down. And he begins to take over the atmosphere. You know, I've heard stories of people who have died and gone to heaven and then come back, and almost all of them will say the same thing, that in heaven there's like this background music. And it's not just uh, Holy Ghost elevator music. (laughs) It's actually uh, an atmosphere of praise and worship in heaven that causes the atmosphere, the Holy Spirit, who is the atmosphere of heaven, causes heaven to be heaven. And so, you know, the Bible says that he wants it to be on earth as it is in heaven. We're to pray that way and believe that. And so as we reach up and begin to worship God, we are literally exercising dominion. We're bringing him into the midst of what's going on down here. And he begins to demonstrate his power in our lives uh, as we do that.
2: Thank you. Uh, uh, Ron Giovanetti. we've got about 30 seconds, actually less than 30 seconds, but you want to give a teaser for the last segment, just a very brief one, and then we have to go to a break. Very, very brief.
4: Sure. Uh, thank you, Kev. I'd, I'd love to uh, take the last segment and just talk about the church. On oh, fire.
2: yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, look in the mirror. If you wonder what the church, who the church is, they're sitting in your chair. Um, and, you're being called to do things that perhaps you've never done before, but you've been built for such a time as this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Ron Giovanetti and Pastor John Purcell and Kaz will be right back for the closing statement.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise with Kaz Taylor.
2: Well, thank you very much, announcer. By the way, to reach Kaz and write him a note and say, I like this, I don't like this, put this uh, on the air or don't put this on the (laughs) air. Come Together San Diego at KPRZ.com. Well, I am so thrilled, Ron uh, Giovanetti and uh, Pastor John Purcell. However, sadly, we're at the last segment of the show. So I'm going to have you, Ron, I'm going to have you bring it home. But we want to end with some call to action for our listeners to encourage them not to be warming their seat, but to be activated. So, Ron Giovanetti and Pastor John Purcell.
4: Thank you again, Cass. Uh, yes, uh, the the Church on Fire, the reason why I, I said that is... is is because I believe a church that worships is a church on fire. And, you know, the Lord um, tells us in the Scripture that our life be as acts of worship unto the Lord in everything that we do. So, you know, singing and playing instruments is one form, but uh, obedience to, you know, what he's calling his people to do and to be in life is, is another Great aspect of of worship because it 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 has to come from love. Everything has to come out of love for it to be an expression of worship. Yes, and also a, a,
2: an expression of dominion as well.
4: Yes, yes, absolutely. And so the the church on fire to me is a church that is a government, the ecclesia, the body, the church. Um, that we understand that we're here to enforce a territory that's constituting a governing commonwealth and and being one of a number or such territories that are united in a community of such territories um, and nations or like an empire so the body of christ being the the ecclesia the governmental force on the earth there there must come an understanding there must be revelation that the people receive to realize that you know the government that we have over us obviously is not the government that we want we want the government of the lord jesus christ yes if you're ever in a crisis, if you're ever in a tough time, even if, you're, if your mind is just discouraged, all you have to do is open your mouth and lift up the name of Jesus, and it will disappear. Mm, my, my, my. Because we have the dominion authority in our voice that comes from the Holy Spirit. Anytime we yeah. do anything, it'll be to the Lord's Word. It's His authority. It's His dominion. It's His power. It's been bought with His blood. It's been bought with His life and His death, and it's been resurrected new in the life of every believer to take the authority that has been God-given. It's a gift. If you can receive the gift of salvation, you can receive the gift of authority and dominion. It's all in the same package. Yes. But believers, we must believe it. We must receive it and believe it just like we do the salvation package and and begin to deny and rebuke the teachings that have watered it down, washed it away, put it under a barrel. There's no light anymore because it's hidden. Yes. It needs to come out. It needs to be released again. It yes. needs to be a, a, in motion. Yes. And so worship is a great aspect um, of having dominion and using our dominion authority in the earth.
2: Yes, yes, yes. So, Pastor... John and Ron and uh, uh Ron, I want you to, uh, this is the last segment, so I want you to summarize things, but probably answering the question about how to take authority would be a good idea. What can we do? And somebody will say, well, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a teacher. Look in the mirror. God has given you some unique skills and unique skill sets, and you can do it like nobody else can. So God is calling us to take dominion, Take authority and help us understand, Ron and Pastor John, what that looks like. We've got about uh, four minutes.
3: Well, Jesus told the woman at the well in John 4, uh, you know, she wanted to, when she found out uh, who he was and so forth, she wanted to enter into a religious argument with him right away and argue about where you're supposed to worship and so forth. And Jesus really just kind of more or less brushed that aside and wouldn't enter into it with her. But he did say to her this, he says, the father is looking for searching for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Yes. And so you start with your spirit. You know, the Bible says a willing heart is first of all acceptable to the Lord. I ran from the call in my life for 16 years and uh, the day I had my come to Jesus meeting with the Lord and, uh, you know, fully submitted myself to him for whatever he wanted from my life, I told him this. I said, Lord, I will do anything you show me to do, even if I don't understand it. As long as I know it's you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. Wow. And that's where a lot of people, they'll read in the Bible and they'll, they'll see something and they'll don't understand how that can, you know, they can't connect all the spiritual dots to understand it. But if you'll begin to do it with a willing heart, you'll worship God from your spirit and do do it in a willing heart, acting upon it in whatever it, it says to do in the Word of God or the Holy Spirit speaks to you to do, and you'll do it in a willing heart, then the truth will come to you about that. And eventually, it's like Ron was saying, as he began to enter into doing what God had called him to do in worship, there began to be this revelation come out of the Word by the Spirit. The author of the book began to teach him the book and show him uh, how this all works together, and how you can move in it. And so uh, to me, you know, the only part of the Bible that's going to work for you is the part you believe. And believe's a <laughs> verb. It's an action word. That's a You beautiful. read the Bible, you pray, you ask the Lord, and you go, you start doing it and become a doer. And just keep going forward. And the Lord will show you. He'll have you exercise dominion when you don't even know you're doing it. Yes, and eventually you'll look back and you'll see you exercise. Yes. And he'll teach you more and more and more about oh, it. Oh,
2: that's so good, Pastor John. So, Ron, uh, Giovanetti, we have just maybe two or three minutes left. I want you to just envision our listeners. And a lot of them are just kind of not sure exactly where to go from here. But I want you to encourage them in the, in the last two or three minutes. And uh, you guys can pray over them. And then I have to go to the next hour. So, uh I'm going to hand it to you, Ron, and then you can jump on in, Pastor John. But the the moments are fleeting here.
4: Well, I I just hope for everyone that uh, if, that hears this. If you're if you don't understand it, this is time to go to the Word and go to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, you need to show me what these guys are talking about. Because, it, you know, any of us can say anything. The revelation to us, just because we're saying it, doesn't mean it's always going to be a, re- a revelation to the listener. So we have to seek these things out. We have to seek for truth. I had to learn to love mercy and hate evil, you know, in order to want to go after evil. I, I just don't want to see it and hear about it and, you know, and... And, and ask the Lord to do something about it, or I, I just don't want to go, oh, that's bad, I'm so sorry, and, you know, Jesus, hurry up and come back, you know, that type of thing. I, I want to do my part in what the Lord's called me to do, because I know and I believe now in my life that when I do what the Lord's calling me to do and what he's asking me to do, that it's going to work out the way he's planned it.
2: Yes, yes, yes. How Amen. can you
4: not have a how can we not have victory when we're doing what the Lord's called us to do and doing it the way He says to do it? So yes, no but also
2: not I... necessarily doing it like anybody else is doing it. Doing it God's way through you, which will be unique. <laughs> we've that's got right. a, we've got about one minute, so um, I'm, I'm, Ron, I'm going to have you uh, pray and declare or praise and declare. If you you have a song you want to do without an instrument, that's okay with me. Kaz puts them on the spot, uh, and. Uh, uh, Pastor John, as well, uh, we've gotten you know forty seconds before we have to take a uh, a, a break for the next uh, the next hour.
4: So I think I would just uh, like to uh, release a prayer, over people. Um, Father, I just thank you for the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I also thank you for the authority in your name, Lord Jesus Christ to break off any evil, demonic attack against those that are listening to this word, Lord God. Dominion. We break it. Word curse. We break every evil enemy attack that would try to blind and lie and deceive or block the hearing of your people, Lord God. That they would rise up in, in a new understanding, that they would rise up with this new authority, that they would rise up in this truth. This yes. spirit and this truth and this life about your word, Lord God, and what you've called us all to do, Father.
2: Yes, yes. Amen. You,
4: Father, uh, amen. We're, we're, we've got to take a break
2: here. I'm so sorry about that. My listening oh, okay. friend, I, I just want to thank uh, both Ron Giovannetti and, and Pastor John Purcell for joining me and talking about dominion, not the enemy's dominion, but God's dominion through and to you so you can impact others with it as well. My listening friend, I want to thank... Ron Giovanetti and Pastor John Purcell for joining me in this hour as we talked about dominion. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you. And and I thank can't you. tell. And you guys might like to listen to the next next hour as well because we have a, a person who is the author of a book. His name is Timothy P. Smith, and he wrote a book entitled The Chamberlain Key. And he basically uses the the uh, technique of the Chamberlain Key to unlock god's code you know god's code is throughout scripture so we're going to dig into that and reveal divine messages hidden in the bible you guys will love this as well my listening friend i want to thank you too uh and ron giovanetti and pastor john purcell and kaz will be right back thanks guys this
0: is come together san diego the live local show on k praise more come together san diego it's just moments away I'll tell the world. come together san diego with kaz taylor on Cape praise
2: i have been looking forward to this segment for a long long time as a student of scripture i like to dig deeply but this guy goes beyond the phrase digging deeply and he's using uh a basically a key that he's developed to I'll let him explain to you about it, but it's more more digging deeply in a way that you may not have considered before, but it really embraces the viability and validity of the Bible like never before. I guess I've been talking just a little bit too much, but I want you to meet Timothy P. Smith. He's got a book entitled The Chamberlain Key. I'm going to do this in a rhyme. The Chamberlain Key with Timothy P. Hey, Timothy. Timothy P. Smith.
5: How are you doing? Hello, Kaz. Yes, Very yes, yes. good. Very delighted. Um, I, even, I even shaved for oh, the event.
2: Well, you did. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you got some things. You know, I, I love Scripture, and I have been digging into the Feast and Festivals days and years and times and seasons and things like that. And what are... You know, as I look into the Tabernacle of Moses, the Tabernacle of David, and the Temple and things like that, there's so much de- depth there. Uh, it's remarkable, but then now you've taken it to another level. Why don't you explain what the, the um, Chamberlain Key is, and I'm going to hand it over to you, and I'll let you carry this, okay. and I'll just ask questions periodically.
5: Timothy P. Smith. Okay, sounds good. So... Um... I think the first thing for your listeners to uh understand is that the the Hebrew Old Testament, okay so we're talking about the Old Testament or sometimes called the Hebrew Bible, mm-hmm. the form that you are usually able to read it now is in the various whatever language you speak french german english um, whatever and you're reading a translation and you're reading a translation of uh, generally speaking, um, from t- a couple of main sources that good translations, the Septuagint, of course, the Greek uh, uh, translation of the Old Testament and the um, and the received text or the uh, the Hebrew the Masoretic text. and even the oldest of these texts and let's just go to the and in, in my, my study has been almost exclusively with the um, the, um, the earliest Hebrew texts, uh, of the, uh, of, of the Old Testament. So we're talking about the Leningrad Codex, uh, which was, uh, scribed in around 10, uh, uh, um, 1008 AD and, <clears throat> excuse me, and the Aleppo Codex about 80 years, uh, earlier. And even by this point, um, the text had been, and then when, when we're ever talking about the text, we're only talking about the letter sequences of these um, of these manuscripts. In these cases, they were uh, codexes, which is a codex is like a book, uh, written like a book. It's not a scroll, and uh, it um, has a cover, usually wooden. Um, and so, um, my my book, The Chamberlain Key, talks about discoveries that were made in the letter sequences of these earliest um, Hebrew texts. And the foreword to the book uh, was written by Eugene Ulrich, who was the chief translator of the biblical text of the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, the most eminent scholar of biblical languages in the world. He was the only person everyone trusted to oversee the translation of the biblical text of the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, because there there were other texts there. And so what I... In the book, and, 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 and um, Random House was the, the, the publisher, and they, I just wanted to, I just wanted to lay out my discoveries, put it out on the table for for scholars and for everyone to examine, question, uh, criticize, uh, uh, you know, help out with whatever. I was very anxious to lay these things out on the table for everyone. Um, to, to to look at, and um, but Random House wanted the whole backstory, and so and 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 th- one of the reasons you you write a book is to is to lay things out. Some people will uh, see me; they they've seen you know the, the 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 History Channel documentary I hosted, and and some of the Discovery Channel stuff, and all this other media stuff, and they'll come up to me and say you know, you know, you may only have 10 minutes with them or five minutes. They say, what's your book all about? And that's the reason you you write a book (laughs) because it's kind of hard to explain in five minutes. So, and I'm glad we have a little bit of time here. So um, in fact, we have about three
2: minutes left in this segment. So structure your comments so we can take a break and continue on. Okay,
5: Gotcha. Okay. So the, the, the the main takeaway from um, my discoveries is that the, the, earliest Hebrew manuscripts um, were not actually manuscripts as we would think of them, or even they're more like a device. And you've probably, I've, seen, I've listened to some of the people you've uh, interviewed before, and they'll mention that the Hebrew alphabet, the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, um, each of those 22 letters has a, um, a numerical significance, a phonetic significance, and a hieroglyphic significance. So it can speak to you in numbers and in in multiple ways, and so um, uh, and and so, it has the potential, almost infinite potential, to communicate information compacted the same way that we compact um, uh, information in computer coding. And we only use the binary system, two symbols. The Hebrew, the ancient Hebrews. And uh, had learned from obviously divine sources, and as we go on with this, you realize that it could only have been generated by a divine source, by yes, God. Yes. And um, they uh, they were could do this with twenty two symbols. Yes. So, and each of those symbols with a triunal system with three components to it. So the ability to communicate information, the amount or the volume of compacted information in the earliest manuscripts is infinite, nearly infinite.
2: Well, I think um, you might even say so, is infinite, because every time, you know, you dig into the, the word, you find a little, another nuance. And so uh, that, it's, it's remarkable. we
5: yeah, have yeah, got about one minute left. Even in the overtext. So, um, you know, and then how it does that, in the, in the next segment we can talk, uh, uh, give some examples about how that's done, and I may at one point, you know, uh, give a little bit of history about these texts. And so, you um, but one thing for certain is that we've and we we had no uh, 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 you know blowback from this from scholars mm-hmm. uh, when the book was published about um, uh, what we were claiming um, you know in the book and the potential and the examples that we showed um, yes. of how it worked and what was being revealed.
2: Yes, 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 yes. So um, I I I I really have a love for scripture. And I'm realizing that it's deep. You mentioned the discoveries, you know, at, at the at the uh, what do you call it? Dead Sea Scrolls and things like that. Yep. <clears throat> it's so remarkable. Been, my, my listening I, friend, I, I think I'm gonna. I need to get into a commercial break here with Timothy right. P. Smith, and he's going to talk about how it's done, and uh, we're gonna chat about that. But you're about ready to discover the remarkable, the remarkable truths of God are as deep and as wide beyond belief. And we'll talk about those things with uh, Timothy P. Smith and his book, The Chamberlain Key, when we come right back.
0: More come together, San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show
2: on K-Praise.
0: Here's Kaz Taylor.
2: Well, here's Kaz Taylor, but also Timothy P. E. Smith, the author of The Chamberlain Key, and he's uh, wet my appetite, uh, and yours as well, probably, when you discover how much weight and revelation is found in the actual Word of God and, you know, the, the, al- the biblical alphabet, Uh, 22 letters, and these are more than just letters. They're letters, pictures, words, you name it. It's in there. So I I tell you, Timothy, I'm just really enamored by this. You know you talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls. I have been embracing this. I've got a friend's name is Jim Barfield, and he's the writer of the Copper Scroll Project. And so he and I are working together on a lot of different things. But he gave me a real love for the depth of the word. And uh, I'm going to hand the baton to you. Timothy P. Smith. So I want I, you to say how it's I know it's Jim done. well. Oh, you
5: you know I, Jim well. Yes, we filmed scenes together in Qumran. Okay, well many. yes,
2: yes. He he is a, a longtime. Not fan many, but a,
5: a number. Well. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I'll tell him that so, you are um, on the air. Yes, I have his book. I have the I have uh, Shelley niece's book, but his forward, the yes. Copper Scroll Project, yes. which is a, a absolutely stunning. The discoveries that he's made are absolutely. Um, stunning, and
2: he would say and, the same um, thing about you. So why don't we uh, talk about uh, the, how this is done and start okay. sharing with us so, some of um, the things that you've discovered? It's remarkable. All
5: right, so I, I want to give an analogy that I think really helps people out. We, it, for those that believe. Um, uh, or are um, you know, amenable to the, the idea that the, the, the Word of God and the, even the, the letters of God in the, in, the, in the most pure manuscripts handed down for centuries and centuries and centuries, um, if you believe that God wrote it or inspired prophets to write it down, why would it not be like all of his other creations? Think of life itself. Think yes. of the human body. On the outside, you see a person, you, you, you see sort of their movement, their narrative, but below that, there's a skeletal system, there's a nervous system, there's organs, there's all these different layers layers that you don't see on the outside. That seems to be the way he does things. And then inside of each of those, there's, there are cells. And atoms and all of these things that are that are layered like transparencies. Remember, as a you know kid in, in science class, you would look at transparencies where you saw the outside, you know, the, of human body. You peel the page back like another onion skin. Oh, you see the skeletal system. You see this. You see all of it. And that is exactly I'm suggesting. I'm claiming that the the scriptures, the earliest um, writings of the Bible are exactly like that that's the way he does things yes. and inside of all that is our codes our dna code that 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 is the the foundation and the building blocks of our life apparently he does that's the way he does things um and so it's, why should we be surprised at all um that uh, his word um you know would be like that in the, you know in the beginning was the word the yes. word was with God, the Word was God, and it's interesting that John starts out that teaching by saying, "In the beginning was." Why is the Word or words equated with God Himself? Very interesting. And why Think is it that. why so we,
2: why is it tied to the beginning? In other words, it, it goes exactly. all the way back to the beginning of God's Word. Right. I mean, it's remarkable.
5: Yeah. So what have exactly. what have you discovered? Genesis in the beginning. Oh yeah. So. Um, Um, Another just interesting concept to help explain anything moving forward is the, the Claude Shannon, who was the father of information theory, said the more improbable of an event, the more information it conveys. And that's the way God communicates to us. Uh, imp- improbable events in our lives synchronistic events that we go oh this just happened that happened they happened together at the same time and then i felt this incredible inspiration and then i it was inspired to go here and that person was there and they needed my help all when when you have something coming together like that you get the very powerful feeling that it's a lot's being communicated and and you're experiencing real guidance and inspiration yes but and let me just, um, may
2: i just say my listening friend you do this you may experience these things and you go Oh, that's interesting. It may never happen again. The truth of the matter is that is how God rejoices in communicating with you. Start looking for these things, and when you start excavating it, and you can excavate much of it in in, uh, Timothy P. Smith's book entitled The Chamberlain Key, you're going to realize that everything that's in the earth, everything that's in your earth, uh, has his code in it, and you're going to realize that he's communicating with you beyond your imagination, beyond your imagination. So, Timothy... Continue.
5: So w- one of the ways, so in the in the letter sequence, it's important to remember that originally all there was in these ancient texts was one long continuous letter sequence with absolutely no spaces between any of the letters. There was no cantillation marks. Uh, there was no diacritical markings. There were no, it was the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet in one unbroken stream from Wow. let's just talk about the torah the first five books from 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 Moses. from the beginning of yep. genesis all the way through the five books it was unbroken it looked just like a dna code everything else that has been done to it since that time let's say over the last 2000 years was in was an imposition on the text by by um, scribes and others who were tr- who were doing their best to try to understand it make it readable um, be able to pronounce it because at first it wasn't like that. It, it was not. It, it was not used like that back. Um, you know, a thousand BC, fifteen hundred BC, and so that's the way it was. And imagine it, 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 it like that. So inside of that great long sequence, all <laughs> of those letters, there's all kinds. There's, and, and you've probably heard about this. It was introduced, I think, for the first time. The first one who discovered um, equal distant letter skips, uh, and this is the first time I had heard about it, was by Rabbi Michael Weissmandel. He was in the first observations, and he lived from 1903 to 1957. Uh, and he was, went through the Holocaust and miraculously survived, um, started a yeshiva school in upstate New York, and, and um, you know, died there pretty young in his mid-50s. He was the first one to discover that there were very meaningful, equal-distant letter skip codes in the Torah. And he had his students on the gymnasium floor— and take the entire all the letters of the Torah on index cards, lay them all out on a huge gymnasium or whole sections oh, wow. of them, so they could see them and they could go around and count when uh, they could look at it like that and they could enlarge it and they discovered some very fascinating um equal distant letter skip in very critical places inside the text so you 're going to use this in, in your uh, your
2: chamberlain your chamberlain key to yep. unlock god 's code this is god 's code this is him. His strategies for communicating with us. And guess what? You, my listening friend, are part of God's code. Wait till you hear what Timothy P. Smith has to say further on the Chamberlain Key. Go ahead. That was just the
5: first little (laughs) turn of the key, the the equal distance letter skip. And I I, I wanted uh, a little bit um, um, of—everyone's probably heard of the book The Bible Code by uh, Drosden and Michael Drosden. I would warn you a little off of that. Drosden was not—he didn't—he didn't understand biblical Hebrew. He was a journalist. He smelled a good story. He jumped onto some research being done by uh, Doctor Elihu Rips, um, uh, who did the first peer-reviewed publication concerning these equal distant letter skips in Israel. And he heard about it from someone. Went over there, interviewed him, kind of got the idea of this thing. Knew it would be a real big seller, and of course it was. What he sell? 15 million books or something. Um, and he wrote the Bible code. He, he did not have a background in the, the statistical mathematics and several other things that would have helped him. So some of the things that are in there, if you read that book as exciting as some of it sounds, uh, and now as time gone by, it's turned out not to be, um, you know, too impressive, almost nothing that he, uh, revealed in that of these equal distant letter skip codes, turned out to have any statistical significance whatsoever. Oh my. And um, he was, uh, you know, so I I always like to mention that. But again, it sort of alerted people to the notion of it. Yes. And uh, one of those people was Harold Gans, who was the uh, cryptologic mathematician for the National Security Agency, who then wrote a program. Um, and I got a hold of very early on one of the, one of the, Prototype programs used uh, to do this. This is in like the the in, in my book talks about this. Yes, I was living on Martha's Vineyard at the time. And, uh, Timothy, um,
2: Timothy, and, we've got about one minute here, so set the next section up. I, it goes fast. I told you okay. before, it goes very, very quickly. So, uh, so That's set up fine. the next segment because so, you're 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 it, teasing us, and then now you're going to pay us off. I'm sure.
5: <laughs> right. So, so the, give, give me yeah, thirty seconds
2: just, now about what we're going to hear okay. in the next segment.
5: Gotcha. In the late '90s, um, uh, I was living on Martha's Vineyard with my family. At the time, I had um, six six sons and a daughter, and uh, there was a something very fascinating about that. Um, um, since my father also had six sons and a daughter, and I was always drawn to a a fascinating verse in in the Old Testament, Genesis 30, 2023 20, and it talks about uh, Jacob and his wife Leah, who had six sons and a daughter, oh and so I'll leave it there, <laughs> yes. and and I'll, and I'll tell you what happened after I started focusing on that.
2: Oh my my, my listening friend, uh, you're very good, Timothy P. Smith, on setting the stage and enticing us, and now you're going to, I don't know, spill the beans. I'm not, gonna, that's not a good <laughs> analogy here, but you're going to spill spill the twenty two letters <laughs> of the Hebrew language right before us and show us. Some of the most amazing revelations uh, having to do with the actual original, uh, without, without any commas or spaces or dashes or anything else, pure scripture. When Timothy P. Smith and I and the Chamberlain Key, when we all come right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Can you
2: believe this? I mean, remarkable. And, uh, you know, you, you did a real nice job of teasing us, Timothy P. Smith, author of The Chamberlain oh. Key. You did a nice job of teasing us, and now we're about, excited about having you pay off the revelations that you discovered as you dug into the continuous stream of Hebrew letters, uh, which actually is the, the 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 Bible, the Old Testament Bible. So lay it on us. I, I'm I'm just <laughs> thrilled about this. By the way, my friends, if you want to contact me, go to Come Together San Diego at Cape Praise, and you can ask me about shows or recommend other shows to me or whatever you want to do to communicate with me. So anyway, I, I, Timothy P. Smith, I'm going to hand the baton to you and the Chamberlain Key. Tell us all about it. Come on.
5: all right so it, uh, one thing I want to mention is that it's a little difficult to then start to show so because it, it, it's so much more beautiful to see it with your own eyes to start to show some of these incredible internal literary structures and codes, if you will, but they're more than that. they're more than just um, um, mechanical codes. they're beautiful symmetrical internal structures. Um, and they're contained inside of two-dimensional arrays. So when you have an equal distant letter skip, um, let's say it's a it's a long name, um, uh, let's say it's 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 Jesus Christ, and it's at an equal distance skip of ten somewhere in the scriptures. Um, in order to then um, reveal it, reveal the code perfectly, you would then divide that section of the te- text into. Ten vertical columns, so you get a two-dimensional array, a matrix, a, a checkerboard pattern, and then the the Hebrew words of spelling Jesus Christ will appear in a single vertical column. So, and then you're looking at a a a, a two-dimensional array uh, like a grid pattern, and then you're looking to see if any other phrases, words are. Um repetitive. in and around yep. compacted around that that mm. that a uh, saying call that a key code so I was very interested I knew how to spell my own name in Hebrew it's Timotheus I was named after Saint Timotheus that the P you keep referring to is Paul um, and so I was raised Catholic um, and, uh, and I knew there's not, in all Hebrew uh, encyclopedias, uh, Timotheus is spelled with nine letters the same way if you go to um, you know, a Hebrew encyclopedia. And I knew how to spell that. And so I was curious in that one section I mentioned um, in the 30th uh, chapter of the Book of Genesis when it talks about Jacob and uh, his six children with Leah, six sons and a daughter, and finally, a daughter. And I knew that I had six sons and a daughter at that time. My uh, finally, I had a daughter. My little uh, girl was a couple years old at the time. And my father also had six sons and a daughter. And so the the scripture just was kind of a cool little family um, of interest to it. So when I first learned about that, that 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 these texts were possibly encrypted with these kind of equal distance skip codes, I, I I wondered, gee, you know, it's kind of unusual. So I. Got a hold of the Leningrad Codex. I had to borrow it from the interlibrary loan. It's an extremely expensive document. It's the it's the um, it's the facsimile edition of the original. is in the Library of Saint Petersburg in Russia. It's one of the most valuable books in the world. And um, a group, uh, when the Berlin Wall fell, made a was able to make a facsimile copy of it. Took a picture of every page. And so it had uh, the the best-known text that I could get a hold of. It's, you know, 1,000 years old. So I borrowed one. I went right to that section of the text, and um, it was easy to count. I just found the first letter of my name, which is a tet, and then started counting until I found the second letter, uh, which is a yad. Oh, 16, and it was 16 spaces between them. Uh, And then the next is a Mem. Um, uh, and I counted, and I couldn't believe it. Oh my goodness! Exactly sixteen. I got the third letter of my name. Well, that went on for nine letters. Oh my! Um, wow. This is statistically impossible. Um, when it was put to uh, computer uh, guys from the defense intelligence industry that I know, and some actually in my family, um, they uh, wrote programs to analyze it. The standard deviation, especially since i had called it ahead of time, that's the only place I was looking because that was the only place there was some synchronistic information. And um, standard deviation was three thirty-five hundred and eighteen to 1, which would be odds of, several trillions uh, uh, to one that that could possibly be there at a perfect equidistant letter skip. And, and remember that is the it's interesting that equal distant skips of anything are what even scientists, SETI scientists are listening for when it comes to communication from the heavens. Oh They're listening for something that happens at an equal distance like a, an equidistant audio pulse because that doesn't happen randomly in the universe. An equidistant arrangement can only happen intentionally. It cannot happen randomly. And even when they get a quick little tenth of a second burst somewhere, these, these bursts burst out, you know, that only lasts a tenth of a second, and it's a couple of pulses that are equally distant apart. They're stunned by it, and they, you know, they get all kinds of more funding to you know check it out. <laughs> this is this is the, the um, you know these are at nearly infinite odds. So there I was looking at this thing. I was completely overwhelmed. The book talks about what I went through when this happened. I had to, and then inside that very tiny matrix. So this is a matrix of only 16 columns wide um, centered exactly on top of the verse um, about the six sons and the daughter. Um, and um, and so I went, what does this mean? And it, it, I, I so I spent... Almost several months trying to find out what other you know. I could this is a, is this a message for me? Well, as it turns out, as you probably well know, the name Timotheus, uh, T- Timothy, means honored of, of God, um, and um, I, I, I almost knew for certain it had nothing so much to do with me specifically. And as it turned out, the first discovery made about this was is that the nine letters were actually a perfect, kind. Um, chi- It was it was a chiasm, a chiastic representation, and you know uh, your readers. I bet you've probably had people on before that talk about what that is. It's an inverted parallel. So there's there's if you combine or put together the 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 first letter in in a word or phrase, and you put it to the last, the very last. There's you know there's some connection between the two. The second and the second to the last. The third and the third of the last, and so on. This is a perfect. And it's well illustrated in the book. Who is really honored of God? Not me, mm-hmm. not you. The ultimate is, is, is the Messiah, Jesus. Yes. He's the one honored of God, who God gives his honor to. Well, it turns out the Timotheus encryption is a perfect chiasmic communication about the Messiah. Oh and the, the first letter... Match is, is 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 a tet, which means that is a The, the, the uh, hieroglyph means a snake or a serpent or a oh. toad, and the last, a semic, is a staff. So, mm-hmm. what do we know about a, a serpent wrapping around a staff? Oh, we know yeah, that yeah, we, yes. we know that story uh, well. Yes. The second letter, and the second to the last, and the second to the last is a hand and a nail. Oh my! So you're matching up hand and oh a nail. My my my. Third, and third to the last is chaos. And then matched up with strength and order.
2: Wow! 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 Wow!
5: And then the next, the next, the, 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 the fourth, and the fourth of the last are another nail and another hand. So you end up with two <laughs> nails, two hands, and then the middle, the the tab means the mark, the sign, and all of these things are the mark and the sign of the Messiah. The staff, oh, that's the, the serpent on the staff, the nails in the hand. And all for the purpose of what? It also communicates the whole purpose of the atonement and the resurrection, and what the Messiah does. He brings order to the chaos in the universe. My, my. Brings light into darkness, and he brings order to the universe, which other dark powers are always trying to create confusion, confusion. and darkness in the universe. Exactly. But and so the, the,
2: the nail, n- the nail embedded hands and feet, and all these things bespeak of God's eternal plans, even in the midst of the enemy doing his thing. We've got uh, time for us to go to the commercial break. Why don't you spend 30 seconds telling us what we're going to get in the last segment? The time goes very fast, but I want you to pay, pay, pay so, all this so, stuff off uh, for the Chamberlain
5: so, Key. Uh, I'll end this one with just a reminder that this is in a manuscript, which is at, at least, the, the, the letter sequence is at least from most feel seven or eight hundred BC, if not, and some are starting to feel much earlier. Yes. Eugene Ulrich, when he wrote the foreword, stated he wanted to state to everybody and to keep, you know, you know, any other academics, because <laughs> you know, off my back that these things come, and he says it in the foreword, were written long before the time of the life of Christ. Oh my! And that's the important thing. It so is this important. Is, thing. This is one of the most powerful testimonies. Of, um, of the Messiah and who the Messiah is in all the scriptures.
2: Wow. Well, can we talk more about that in the last segment? And very sure. quickly, uh, um, people can find your The Chamberlain Key. Where? Just quickly.
5: Oh, Amazon. You just go right on and you'll see the, the Chamberlain version, key. audio version. Very yeah. good. My listening, Amazon f- books.
2: My listening friend, I hope this has enticed you, but wait, wait, but wait, there's more. <laughs> so I, I, I'm thrilled that Timothy P. Smith... And his book, The Chamberlain Key. We're going to summarize and bring all these thoughts toge- together in the last segment. And you're going to be amazed at this Chamberlain Key and what it means to thee. Ooh, I like that. Okay, Timothy Smith, God bless you. We'll be right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise.
2: I am back with co-host for this entire hour segment, which is looming to a close right now. We've got this last segment, and I'm going to ask Timothy P. Smith or Timotheus to give us some final thoughts on the Chamberlain Key basically how it unlocks God's code and reveals divine messages hidden in the Bible the death, burial, resurrection of Christ and the enemy's intervention on that and trying to take him out and us out that same spirit uh, is alive today as well so God has plans and guess what as um, Timothy Timotheus Smith communicates these, this last segment, uh, you need to know that God and God's kids wins. I'm handing it off to you, Timotheus.
5: Okay, so the next question anyone would ask is Is that, what else is in this, okay, let's say this little matrix, very tiny, little, compacted matrix, what other communication is in here? What What else is being said to us just right here? And you can almost, and by the way, there are hundreds of these matrices inside the Hebrew Bible, each one of them communicating on a different subject, and each one of them placed exactly on top of the open text of the Scripture, which relates to the subject that's being uh, uh, discussed um, or or the code. So exactly following. So we continue. we, We follow down Timotheus, and there's another long phrase perfect Hebrew, all at equal distance, skip a 16, another like 12 letters, and it basically says afterwards that the basic principles of all things are that the manna must be killed by royal edict, killed, put to death by a royal edict, the manna, and that is the basic understanding um, uh, of... In other words, one of the principles of the gospel and the principles of all things. In the, 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 the Keon is the word that follows, and it means the very first things you have to learn. That's what the, that's what the word means. It's actually a, and then right next to it, also at an equal distance of, skip t, uh, of, of 16, so it appears at a perfect vertical in, in the uh, unbroken vertical inside the matrix, is in perfect spelling for Yeshua. Jesus is hidden in the Father. Or some translators, and I've run this by many Hebrew translators. They they would say, um, the Father hidden in Jesus, because uh, there's no with, with Hebrew syntax, it could kind of go either way. Uh, but but perfect, you know, the word hidden, the Father and Jesus, wow. right next to it. There's many other things inside of this, and I don't want to keep um, you know going because I want to mention some of the other. Um, um, it, it, matrixes that are found in, in the text. And they, one of them, a fascinating one, refers to the, it, and it's a mysterious thing, the uh, sozar. The um, tozar, it, it, it was that strange thing, window or something that Noah put in the ark. Um, he was told to put in it. Sometimes it's, it's, it's translated double light. Sometimes it's translated uh, a, a window. And uh, it's actually, the word actually means a gemstone. Um, and right exactly over that, uh, uh, over that section of text, it, um, it tells exactly what it is, and it said it was the, the, the primordial creation stone was put in the ark. Um, and it gives all kinds of information about it, it, that. Just happens to be something that biblical scholars have debated and, and questioned for for centuries. What is being said there, and the and the and the information in the encrypted part of that section explains all about what it was. So, another fascinating and scary um, um, matrix that appears at an equal distance of six, six, six. Wow. Um, is it says, and again, the odds of these, we all of these things have been analyzed um, by um, code breakers at the highest levels. I never try to present anything that I, I, I can't stand behind and say this was put there intentionally. So at an equidistance of six six six, massive amount of information about artificial intelligence. In oh fact, my. the the, uh, the key the key code says. Um, um, artificial powerful artificial intelligence it mentions the beast several times it talks about powerful mechanical intelligence and all at at astronomical odds and all at the and, and again i was curious to see what things might appear at an equidistance of and then it also mentions interestingly enough nero the emperor nero but also Cain. And all of these things are in perfect symmetrical arrangements. This is not like in the Bible code book by Drozdin. You'll see, you know, you know, a great big matrix at, at some outrageous skip of, you know, 42,000 something, which makes a huge matrix. And so he finds a little four letter word over here at this side and something else over here going diagonal and something else. There's no real symmetrical connection to any of the You know any of the phrases, and and you could find if I wanted to do that, I could I could make it say anything I wanted it to say. Let me let me ask you a question. That's what we're talking about here.
2: Let me ask you a question. We know that the scripture says, "As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man," and we're we're in Mm. those times now. Was there anything in the in the Bible Mm. code that carried that? truth oh the end of even, days in the end, into the end of days? Why don't you yeah. speak up we've got about Lots. we got about three minutes here. I'm sorry about that.
5: <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, so um there's there's a number of them and I'm trying to I'm trying to now are you asking relative to timing? Are you interested in the timing of it or the nature of it?
2: Yeah, I think the timing of it, because I think we're in, the as it was in the days of Noah, now. Mm -hmm. And was that foretold in... in... Well,
5: right right off the bat, that these things are being opened up and revealed almost as if... Well, okay, the most astounding thing is right in the original Timotheus matrix, right at that exact same... And and, 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 and I go into great detail in the book, because we did tons of research, traveled to Spain... It mentions the Rosia Madonna, perfect, right over top. So you have you have an equal distance skip of sixteen in vertical column in the matrix. Timotheus, and the whole other oh about my everything my, about we've the We've got two
2: minutes. I'm sorry about that, Timothy. We've got mm, two minutes.
5: So, so uh, I'll, I'll try to put it brief. It, there's a huge amount of focus on the woman of the Apocalypse mentioned in the Book of Revelations, the woman who appears in with the uh, with the stars, twelve stars around her, with the um, you know you know in the light and everything that happens to her, and giving that story of the drama of her fleeing into the wilderness and the beast, and so there's a huge there's a huge amount of encrypted information in the text that is focusing on themes in the Book of Revelations. So when it comes to timing, it would be why are these things being revealed? Now at this time, I think it's a signal that those things in the book of revelations are, are happening. We are in those days.
2: Yes. 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 Well, okay. We've got uh, 30 seconds for you to close this show and give a word of encouragement to our listening friend.
5: The word of encouragement that I want to give is that for individually ask, seek and knock, if you want to understand something, both personally in your family, if you want God's guidance, I've learned that you, you, you it doesn't always come easy because if it comes too easy, it's not as appreciated yes. as much nor understood as much. And so to everyone in the scriptures... They are incredibly, they're such a treasure, and cherish them, absolutely cherish them. And when you want to learn about something, never stop and weary in asking, seeking, knocking, studying, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, learning. And and right off the bat, I I, I encourage everyone to learn some Hebrew, biblical Hebrew, because that'll open up a whole new door door for you to learn biblical Hebrew. Quite an easy language to learn, actually.
2: Actually, yeah. Exactly, 22 letters, is and it is magnificent.
5: You can learn the alphabet, start with learning the alphabet and the sound, and go from there. Very
2: good. The Chamberlain Key, written by Tomoth, Tim, 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 Timothy P. Smith, and you can find it on wherever you can find books, basically. It's, it's there. So, uh, Timotheus, thank you for spending some time with us and giving us some revelation. My friends, you were written in God's book. And so you need to rejoice in that because God's plan includes you to overcome the wiles and the powers of the enemy today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Timotheus, thank you for joining me. My listening friend, uh, I invite you to join with Kaz at uh, Come Together San Diego at kprz.com. And so, Timotheus, God God bless you. Oh, it's a blessing. You too. Thank you, Kaz. It's a pleasure. My listening friend, there you go. And we've got more good stuff next week. God bless you.